Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Caroline Winter in Adelaide, Australia. Welcome to Dog Edition, the first show designed for you to listen to while you walk your dogs. In today's episode, how a teenage entrepreneur and his handmade bow ties are changing the lives of senior shelter dogs. We'll also have the latest hound headlines and another dog-loving podcaster for you to wrap your ears around as part of our Dog Lovers Live discovery. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk because we've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? So, Caro, it has been a few weeks since one of our dogs uh, went over the Rainbow Bridge, and it's been an adjustment period for Kanga, who is our only remaining dog right now. And it's taken her a while, but you know what? She is adapting, I would say almost thriving, and she is able to be incredibly loving and and love Molly and me in a way that I don't think I've ever seen before because she's like, it's just the three of us. I love you guys. And she is showing us that she really does love us. That's really interesting that there's been that change. Do you think she's, she's able to sort of spread her love I don't know, more openly or something. I think she doesn't feel constrained by having a sister to sort of like, you know, negotiate with. And just is like, it's just us three humans because she thinks of herself as a human. (laughs) Don't they all? Don't they all? She's she's really loving it. Oh, so, okay. So it's pretty clear that you definitely believe that Kanga loves you. And I'm sure that Rue did as well, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced that Harvey loves me because when he looks into my eyes and when I look into his eyes, I feel like there's actually a connection. You know, you're sort of deep, deep mm-hmm. into the into the eyes. So I have wondered, though, whether he actually loves me because I feed him. So maybe he actually loves <laughs> food more than me. What do you think? Is it is it the food? Well, you know, there has been some research into this very thing. The results are interesting. And we are going to head back to Austria, as we have Mm -hmm. on a previous episode, to look at some of this science and explore whether a dog is actually capable of loving us. Oh, I think this is a question lots of people ask. It is. And now there's some scientific research behind Mm -hmm. it. And it starts with a, a professor at the University of Veterinary Medicine in Vienna. His name is Jim McGetrick, and he studies domestic dogs, and he has a focus on cognition abilities and cooperation behavior. Mm. And he says that your dog does care about you, mm. but as for love, well, that's not so clear cut. Mm. He spoke to the online publisher Inverse about it, and he says that there is this thing called an attachment bond that exists between a dog and a human. And that attachment bond is almost as strong, or is as strong, as the attachment bond between a human infant and its parent. Ah, so when dog mums and dads talk about their fur babies, then there's a little bit more truth to that than we might think. Exactly. But Jim McKittrick also says that like with human infants, a dog's attachment to its owner is also partially a question of need more than of love. Mm. So the person is central to the dog's health. If you think about a situation where you're walking Harvey and some unusual person comes up and confronts you and Harvey looks to you like, 
Is this a friend or is this a foe? When your dog is scared or they don't know what to do, they go running to you for protection. So we as humans play a huge role in being needed for that protection, Mm. that discernment. Well, it's nice to be needed, <laughs> it is. but let's talk about love again. Okay. <laughs> now, on to whether Harvey loves food more than he loves me. And mm. your same researcher, Jim McGettrick, and his team put together an experiment to test this very thing. They put a group of dogs through their paces. So what they did was they introduced them to two people they didn't know, like the unfamiliar person you were just talking about. One of them helped the dog get food from a dispenser. The other one didn't help at all. Then later on, when the dog met both the people again, what do you think happened? I don't know what happened. Well, actually what happened was that the dog didn't have a positive or negative response to either person. What? I know. And then when the dog was given a chance to sort of repay the favour to the generous human who gave him the food, it chose not to. I'm surprised. What? An ungrateful dog? (laughs) I know. But what's interesting about it is that dogs do share food with other dogs in that sort of reciprocal manner, a bit like, you know, you scratch Mm. my back and I'll scratch yours, but not with humans. That is not what I would have expected. I would have thought the dog would have gravitated to the person who gave it the food and trusted them as, you know, like (laughs) a cuisine dispenser. (laughs) Exactly right. And I thought the same. But McGettrick says as dogs bond with us, we do become more than just food dispensers. How comforting is that? That is so nice not to be a human Pez dispenser for a dog. (laughs) That's right. Um, He also says that just because your dog doesn't want to share its food with you doesn't mean it loves you less than the food. Hmm. And that's probably to do with, the difference in species. And this makes sense to me. He reckons it could be that dogs don't typically feed humans, obviously. So in this (laughs) context, it would be just completely unusual for them to do that. Huh. That is interesting. I I kind of share my food with Kanga. And when I try to take some of it back, she's not all that thrilled with it. But who doesn't want kibble, right? Kibble. I don't even know what kibble is. (laughs) We don't have that in our house. I cook for my dogs. (laughs) So maybe food is a little bit overrated because, you know, we offer a lot more to dogs than just food, than just kibble. Sometimes there are things that we offer them like play and companionship. So from all of this, it's fair to say that our dogs aren't just staying with us because we feed them, right? Yeah. So this is a great relief to me and to thousands of other dog lovers, I'm sure. Okay, Jim, I have one last question. Does Harvey know that I love him? Ah, Well, Jim McGittrick says that while science has established that there is a biological basis for the companionship that you feel with your dog, i.e. love, it's hard to answer whether or not he knows you love him and whether he can love you back as we define love. It's more that dogs really just don't understand the concept of love the way that we people do and write music about and poetry about. It comes to the attachment bond. Mm. That's the thing that they really focus on. That's really what, you know, a dog is is looking at us from, at least through this research done in Austria. And that attachment bond, that's something obviously that's developed over thousands of years then. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, we started out as wolves, you know, they started out as wolves and coyotes. We didn't. They started out as those types of animals. And then man got closer to them and fed them and they provided companionship. And it's clear that that attachment bond between humans and pups is pretty well developed. But does it mean love? Well, 
the science isn't clear. Okay, so that's one thing. What about, I guess, how smart they are? So their cognitive ability. I mean, we've, we teach them tricks, sit and stay and pirouette, etc. So <laughs> obviously something else has developed in those very little brains. Could that, you know, give them some understanding of love? According to these Austrian researchers, they don't know the answers to that yet. But you would think, yeah, you know, their cognitive ability has advanced over the years with like dog bowls that are very sophisticated and very complicated. And we've done all these things to make them think smarter. Yeah. So probably they love us, but the science, well, they haven't decided, you know, those scientists. All right. Well, I'm going to take from all of that that I believe my dog, my little Harvey, knows just how much I love him and that I'd do anything for him. I just love the scientists are spending time studying this to get a definitive answer. But I'm with you, Carol. I think Harvey loves you. And I know Kanga loves us. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone's dog who's listening to us right now loves them. Because, hey, we're all dog lovers. You're listening to Dog Edition. We'll be right back. And now, a message from your dog. Oh, every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. Oh, I want to run. I want to sniff. Ooh, I want to find a good stick to carry. Oh, I want to roll in the grass. Oh, and warm my belly in the sun. Oh, I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want ever pop. The green, grassy beef liver smell wakes my senses. Oh, you may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy. <laughs> it infuses any food you give me with healthy life vibrancy. Oh, <laughs> I can feel it. Ever pop traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. I'm so grateful to be your dog. And for the Everpop you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpop, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpop is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpop Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S., Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Animal shelters will tell you that dogs that turn heads and get adopted quickly are the cute little puppies and the adolescent dogs. But sadly, senior dogs languish longer and often exceed their allowable time in the shelter which puts them on the list for euthanasia, and that's not a good thing. It's an ugly side of the shelter life that workers don't feel good about, and it is also something that Sir Darius Brown, a teenager from New Jersey, thinks is terribly unfair. So he is doing something that he can do to help those older dogs get adopted faster. To understand how he became interested in this issue, we have to go back to hurricane season 2017. Pamela Lawrence has the story. This is an ABC News special report. Hurricane Harvey, state of emergency. 
Hurricane Harvey was a devastating Category 4 hurricane that made landfall on Texas and Louisiana in August 2017. The storm dropped more than 50 inches of rain. Floodwaters rose quickly, covering two-thirds of Houston and stranding many people. More than 150,000 people at this hour plunged into darkness. Talking about this 12-foot storm surge, so just getting to these people and getting them help is going to be very difficult. Hurricane Irma only came a few weeks later. It was one of the most powerful Atlantic hurricanes in recorded history. It was a Category 5 storm when it made landfall on Barbuda. Its force was so powerful that earthquake seismometers recorded it. Florida officials ordered over 6.5 million people to evacuate. Thousands of people in Texas are still recovering from Hurricane Harvey, and now people in Florida are bracing for what looks like another massive storm. Sir Darius Brown followed the events as they unfolded. He saw groups mobilize to help the people in need. He wondered about the pets. Who was helping them? I saw on social media that there were some dogs and cats being um, transported from Texas to New York who were impacted from working Harvey Irma. When he learned that some rescued dogs were being transferred from the devastation to the ASPCA in New York City, Sir Darius thought of a unique way to help them out. And all it required was some fabric swatches, a measuring tape, scissors, a bit of thread, and a sewing machine. You see, Sir Darius learned how to sew at a young age from his sister. It was my sister who started sewing first. My sister was like my second mom. Anything she does, I want to do. She taught him how to make bow ties, which he wore regularly. And people noticed. So he opened an online shop and started selling them. His bow ties made people look nice. Maybe they could help the displaced dogs look dapper and cute. Maybe they'd also become more noticeable. If people and dogs could look amazing, cute, dapper, and professional on both sides, I can't dogs and cats. Because I look at dogs and cats and people the same way. He stopped by the ASPCA to drop off some bow ties he made for the dogs. That's when he learned that hundreds of dogs are euthanized daily at some shelters due to overcrowding and that many of them are senior dogs. That really hurt me a lot, and I thought about it. In that moment, he made it his mission to help save the lives of dogs by donating his handmade bow ties to animal shelters across the nation. There's an older dog who's in the animal shelter for the longest, so I'd normally um, like make sure I choose the best bow tie, the ones that look the most standout-ish. And his bow ties are making a difference for dogs like Ricky. He was going through a lot, and, uh, but then just recently he got adopted and he got adopted because I gave him one of my bow ties. This wonderful act, so simple in its idea, make a bow tie so hard to adopt dogs look more appealing, is more complex when you consider that Sir Darius was diagnosed with a speech, comprehension, and fine motor skills delay when he was two years old. So it will, that means it was sort of kind of hard for me to use my hands correctly or speak clearly or understand words that, or understand what sometimes people will say. He says working alongside his sister from age eight, using scissors to cut fabric and manipulating the pieces of the bow ties through a sewing machine improved his fine motor skills. But that's no surprise. He's made and donated over a thousand bow ties. One small thing can make a huge impact. I just saved a life because of 
about that. So it's really amazing that what I did. He's won a number of awards and accolades for his work. His favorite was a letter from former President Barack Obama. It's inspired him to keep on going with his mission to save the lives of dogs. So when I opened it and I read when I read the letter, I was just so amazed. I was so I was just speechless. It gave me a lot of motivation, a lot of courage, a lot of confidence to um, continue working on my business, continue helping the dogs and cats and animal shelters who need to be adopted, who need to have like a home. And Sir Darius doesn't plan on stopping at bow ties. He's working on designs for a whole line of dog products. He's also writing a book about his experience as a teen entrepreneur who gives back. And thanks, Pam, for that story. This is such a great cause. And I was online just earlier checking out some of those beautiful bow ties. And Jim, I have to tell you, I had my uh, my mother-in-law's 80th over the weekend mm-hmm. and I dressed Harvey in a bow tie. It's his special occasion bow tie. It's not one of Sidarius's, but my goodness, did he look cute. Very distinguished. Very distinguished. Is this a, a gentleman's uh, bow tie or one just for a dog? Um, it is a dog bow tie, but I would say it uh, looks like it could be worn by a gentleman for sure. I love it. Well, Harvey is a gentleman. He is a gentleman. And have you, um, I should post you a photo actually. He's very cute. I mean, I'm biased, but he is very cute. Um, have you dressed uh, Kanga and did you ever dress Rue in, in anything? Or have you, have you got a, an aversion to this? I have an aversion. I'm in the Chandler Bing from Friends (laughs) school of thought that animals should not wear clothes. But I know that is unique. That is just my thing. And no, I I don't dress my dogs up. I've got to say that that is about the extent that I will go to a bow tie. A bow tie is good. You know, like we're approaching Halloween and I'm getting barraged (laughs) with all the Halloween costumes that you can get for your dog. Oh, I can just imagine Mm. a pumpkin or a ghost. Oh, It'll be endless. Everything. There's a lot of imagination because it's not enough to get dressed up for Halloween. You need your dog dressed up for Halloween. I think a bow tie is perfect. In fact, it doesn't matter if you don't get dressed up. It's actually about your dog. (laughs) I think it should be. I think that's great. But no chocolate for the dogs. No. Well, try a bow tie for your dog for this Halloween. There's still time to order it. You are listening to Dog Edition. We will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Well, Jim, you've been speaking with some really great guests on Dog Lovers mm-hmm. Live, our live stream show, and finding some dog-loving podcasters and YouTubers who are doing great things. And we're including some of those highlights on Dog Edition. So I'm excited to hear about your latest guest. Well, this week, Caro, Carly Parrish is my guest. She is the host of the show With a Dog, which is a weekly lifestyle podcast for the modern dog parent. Carly and I spoke from a remote location. It was a cabin way in the woods, and she was with her very special friend. And actually, that makes an interesting story. 
I'm on the river, wow. uh, if you can kind of see that. Um, I'm just about an hour and a half outside of Seattle and um, just kind of rented a cabin for a few days. My birthday is coming up, so it was my little gift to myself. <laughs> just you and your dog? Me and my oldest dog, yep. Yeah, my oldest one, he's been you know with me the longest, and I feel like I haven't hung out with him enough lately, so I brought him with me. And, yeah. I can't think of it. <laughs> I can't think of a greater testament to being a dog lover. Like, I am going to a cabin in the woods, just me and my oldest dog, because we haven't spent enough time together. That is so... Okay. That, I think we, we have established your dog bona fides, your cred. Yes. Uh, in terms of being a dog lover. I would told my family of my idea. I was like, I just want to get away for my birthday. We had some great vacations this summer, the whole family. But I was like, I just want to get away, do some podcasting, watch some Netflix, be, you know, with this beautiful view and be with my oldest dog. I was telling this to my mom and I'm pretty sure she thinks I have like marital issues now because she's like, are you sure Michael's not coming? Are you sure you don't want to bring him? And I'm like, I see him every day. I love him. I'm going to get away with my oldest dog. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> I love it. I'm sure you and Lupin will remember for as long as both of you live. So the shtick, to use your term, of, uh, of your show basically is dog mom figuring it out how to how to raise a healthy, happy dog. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like an authentic take on life with a dog, you know, and so it's everything. It's informational. We talk about you know, why your dog is itchy. You know, we'd, I've had like a vet dermatologist on it, like different things like that. So you got the info part, but then also we have the the funny dog chats of, you know, the 2 a.m. potty breaks and why was that vet bill so expensive and all the kind of funny parts of dog ownership as well. And you can watch Jim's full Dog Lovers Live stream with Carly Parrish, host of With a Dog. Just go to dogloverslive.com. Well, that is all we have for this episode of Dog Edition. I want to thank you for bringing us along with you on your walk today. We will be back with another episode next week. But chances are you and your dog will be taking a walk between now and then. And so we have something else for you to listen to. We do, Jim. And if you'd like to hear more from some of our guests, please check out Dog Podcast Network's sister show, The Long Leash, for Jim's extended conversations. This week, I am joined by a former foreign correspondent from Australia who has combined her investigative skills with her greatest love, the boxer dog. And in doing so, she's the author of a new book called Super Canine, and she's the creator of the Boxer Dog Diaries, which focuses on all things boxer. And on the next episode of Dog Edition, the very blunt ultimatum that led a British chef to change his life and with it, the wellness for every dog and human in London. You can listen to our entire back catalogue of shows on our website at dogedition.com. And there is a little button located on the bottom right of every episode page that you can use to easily leave us a voice message and share your stories and ideas with us. We're also looking for correspondence as we grow this podcast and this network. So if you are a content producer or a journalist or a podcaster or an audio storyteller who loves dogs, check out our contest. It's 
called 101 Dog Stories. We have over $15,000 in prize money. And the URL is dogpodcastnetwork.com slash 101. One last thing for me, check the show notes for links and information about the guests on this episode. And of course, if you don't already, follow Dog Edition in your favourite podcast app. I'm Caroline Winter, your resident newshound. I hope you enjoy this show and I hope you will tell your friends about us at the dog park. I'm James Jacobson. Thanks for listening today. On behalf of all of us at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.